beaten Dark Souls 2 here. We've all conquered it. And uh, now that we've chopped and skewed through the boss list with uh, wonderful Mr. Dan Tack, now we have to figure out our favorite loves and our favorite hates from the game. Let's say top three off the top of my head. You love uh, to hate hopefully, them. <laughs> hopefully. Glad you just came up with that, Bob. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, so how about this? Uh, Mr. Rook, Mr. Rob Hudak. Yes. Uh, why don't you start us off with one of your, let's say, loves. Well... I do love this community, but that's not why we're here today. Oh, I as charm are you? <laughs> no, I do love as far as Dark Souls Two is concerned. I think what stands out the most to me in what compels me to come back to it and to persist in playing it is like a synergy of the world's atmosphere and lore cohesion. By that, I mean, like, so there's a story being told in the world itself, not necessarily always through spoken dialogue. And that's off. That's like the standard for for Dark Souls at this point. That's the expectation. As you said when earlier, when we were talking about the, the, the narrative and the lore and everything, you were befuddled to come up with any tangible plot summary so one of my favorite things in this this game in particular is everything involving like Dranglet castle king vendrick and queen nishandra hmm. everything they're the focal point of this of the story much like gwyn was with the first one but i love how you get to the castle feeling like your quest is like coming to a completion and then you encounter king vendrick locked away in a tomb you acquire his ring and nishandra sends you on a journey to go finish off everything but then that's tied into the shrine of amana and the singers and the demon of song in trying to provide solace and peace to the undead and the hollows, like everyone who has suffered, they're just trying to give peace. There's a weird, I think I explained it to you in particular, Bob, during one of my streams, but all of dark souls two from the moment it starts until it's, I feel like once it comes to a head with meeting queen, Nishandra. Uh, mm -hmm. for like the, the actual boss fight encounter like how it ends after that is kind of beside the point but it feels like an eastern interpretation of like a warping of a traditional grim fairy tale it has such mm. a, a sinister edge to everything that's going on and like there's a melancholy that underlines a lot of everything that happens with, with these characters. Like there's a regret, like was it King Vendrick named his sword? Uh, or well, I can't remember exactly what it is, but I think he like named his sword after Nishandra out of spite, like out of, 
he just out of regret and knowing like she's the reason why I failed. And there's like an acceptance that comes with that. And Nishandra using you as a puppet to achieve her goals. And like that to me, like the, the intro cinematic I think is so much better at providing flavor and atmosphere in yes. Dark Souls 2 than it does in Dark Souls 1. Dark Souls 1, like we talked about before, it's injected, over-injected with so many proper nouns of all these characters that have done these things and these king, this king that is responsible for X, Y, Z, and all that. This is, you meet a, a hag in the woods that gives you a curse that you fall into a cliff or fall off a cliff into this swirling vortex water pool and you wake up in this nightmare world and there's something so magical about that that just speaks to me yeah i think it maybe on purpose almost definitely on purpose does just like you said like a twisted grim's fairy tale vibe of like all the sisters living in a log cabin on the right. edge of the world right when it starts and and right. uh you know, literally when you're going through um, the Shrine of Amana and there are like these princesses, basically, mm-hmm. these women in these long gowns, these gorgeous looking women just floating around that you have to like rescue, quote unquote, um, in this in this weird way. And then you have to take down a giant frog like I could totally see that argument made that it is a incredibly morose retelling of some sort of fairy tale right um and i I like looking at it with that eye yeah that's kind of the filter i've always approached this game with and it kind of maintained that uh this time through and i really appreciated that yeah even nishandra like being you know the 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 lady that you see at the top of the castle who's you know telling you the things to do and then kind of uh kind of sleeping beauty-esque where the 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 evil witch turns into the big dragon at the end like she becomes this horrified visage of herself like and you know it doesn't really matter which is her true form and which is her illusion or whatever like you know they're 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 kind of telling the same story just in their own way yeah it's the manifestation of dark of shadow yeah. of of evil in, in that kind of way I like that. I like that a lot. Well, thanks. <laughs> I almost wish you had mentioned that before I had started the game. I could have came through it with like all these a ton more examples because the more I'm thinking about it, the more there are. Yeah, there's there's a there's a wood. There's an evil like broken down wood, and you start looking into like the lore behind what the Huntsman Cops is and how it was used for the Iron King to like kill people that were hollowing and the executioner's chariot was like a, a gladiatorial arena for the the chariot to kill the undead and like it's so just vile um yeah there's there's aspects of that that are really cool but it's it's probably not something that you necessarily pick up your first time through uh so i think the second time it really you get to use a, a slightly different lens um, mm. but I, I feel like the first, my first time through dark souls one delivered on that sense of mystery and exploration. This one was being a, a protagonist in a dark fantasy 
fable. I like that a lot. I like that take a lot. I totally see why it's up there. Well, thank you. Top three loves. Stamp it down. <laughs> it's the top of my list. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, Adam, would you happen to have a top love uh, uh, for us here? I have an appreciation that I oh put under a list titled love. <laughs> Hot take. Well, hold on. Here Don't is burn one of your shoes trying to backtrack here. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of people talk about the uh, quantity over quality of Dark Souls 2. Now, mm-hmm. you may be wondering, how is this going into a so-called titled list of love? Um, well, uh, fellow uh casters and uh that is what i'm wondering people of the internet um (laughs) i think that the quantity uh really helps in variety of this game whether or not it's all quality i really appreciate uh for one the variety uh of the areas in this game um it is just basically a lot more, but I don't feel like any of the areas or locations feel too samey, you know? Um, there's a couple, um, but really, like, they all feel pretty different and unique, and they have their own kind of enemies. Uh, being as someone who wanted to learn how to parry in this game, it became a lot more difficult than it was in Dark Souls 1, where you do kind of see a lot of the same enemies uh, throughout the game and you can kind of remember, you know, how to fight them and parry them and stuff. Uh, There's a lot of different kinds of enemies in this game and uh, you kind of have to relearn how to fight them as you, as you progress and move on. And uh, the way that the quantity and uh, you know, that kind of variety when it comes to the areas and, and enemies and locations, this game, that was something I really grew to appreciate. Uh, and it really kept me going. Uh, being such a long game, uh, seeing new stuff, whether or not it was good or not, uh, really kept me going. Very nice. Okay. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I, I ditto. It's very good on the list of uh, likes slash interests. Slash, slash favorite loves. <laughs> I like it. I like it a Me lot. Too. I, I I totally agree. Yeah. Um, but I think. Hmm? What was How that? about Sorry? you? How about yourself? Oh me, little old you, <laughs> little old me. Uh, my number one, and this was the quickest number one that I could put on a on a love list, and I don't. It might be tough for me to explain in words why I liked it so much, which is rough because it's an audio medium. Um, but I just put recurring enemies. Um, and I gushed a little bit about it on the boss list mm. uh, featuring the one and only Dan Tech. And um, the Pursuer mm. was my favorite boss of this game. And... 
him and I want to spend send a special shout out to uh my man Forlorn. Yeah. Um <laughs> there I don't know what it is about that like tickled my soul so much, but there is something so great about starting off this adventure in this absolutely insane dark place and you see an enemy and then you best him in a in a in a you know an epic confrontation and a combat and you defeat him and you kick him off a mountain and you chop his head off and he turns to ash and you steal his soul and you move on and then like two hours later he just a a, a dark portal opens in the world and who appears the same guy that you fought before just a little bit tougher and a little bit wiser and he's coming right for your head again surprise motherfucker i love that so <laughs> i loved it and and these are the two best examples of it in this game is pursuer doing his namesake and pursuing you and one specific npc invader called the forlorn uh who shows up and i looked it up 12 times yeah <laughs> So Bob, do you know the lore significance of the forlorn? You already know the answer is no. (laughs) (laughs) You're asking this question. Do I know the lore? No, Um, I I do. Without getting into it, something something followers of Aldia or something like that. I don't know. We don't need to go into it. That may or may not be correct. But Bob, continue (laughs) with what you're talking (laughs) about. Certainly. Um, I I I love that part of it, and I and, and. part of my loves of the first game was being able to see those memorable um, companions on your journey, because I think there's something about that. It makes the journey feel less lonely and more like this uh, epic tale that's going to be told through time when there are characters that you meet along the way. Like there's nothing more than I love in a TV show, if a some random character from season one, episode one shows up in the finale in season six, episode 18, just as a random cameo in that too, because if it shows the growth that you've had along the way. And I think this is scratching very similar itches to where like, you know, you see Solaire popping all around in Dark Souls one and you see the Onion Knight popping all around and following you on your journey in Dark Souls one. Mm-hmm. And the, you, the the only similarity other than like, you know, some Lucatiel side quests and whatnot uh, in this one is the enemies. And for some reason that made them so interesting to me is like the pursuer and forlorn, no matter what, no matter how many times you beat them, no matter how many times you, you slashed them and, and chopped them into bits, they kept coming back. And it was like, ah, you again, old friend. Like by the end of it, I I wanted more pursuer and I wanted more forlorn. I wanted to meet him again. Uh, th- you know, not for them to cut my head off, but just like it's it's something recognizable. It's it's a signpost of how much I've grown through this adventure, through this you know awful awful land. Uh, I I love that stuff. I I almost hope that there would be more of it. And apparently, there is one extra pursuer fight. Uh, in new game plus that i looked up later or or some sort of new game plus where you can fight two of them in yeah, the throne just, room yeah uh with in in drangula classic uh, uh blah, 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 words drangula castle um 
And I was kind of, that was the only thing that was like, maybe I should start a, a new game plus. But I was like, I would have to play so much to get to that point. Um, it's almost not worth it. But yeah, I, I love that so much. I, I hope they even went further with it uh, than they did. So that's my number one with a bullet for sure. Recurring enemies. Well, if you like that, it's a shame you didn't uh, release Royal Sorcerer Navlon. I was just about to bring that up. Because <laughs> I sure uh, did, and I had him too. He oh, he showed up quite a so, few times. Okay, too. so you did. Yeah. yeah. Okay, he, so you did. He shows oh, up yeah. at the worst times. Like, <laughs> like oh, like you already have like an enemy that you're really worried about. Guess what? Mm-hmm. Navlon, and then like Dragon Area when you have like six of those explodey guys like ready to tackle you. <laughs> Navlon. <laughs> I had Navlon show up at bad times. I had a Jester. I forget what his name. Jester show Thomas. Up a bunch of to- Jester Thomas. Fuck that guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who is suspected to be that merchant you find in Iron Keep? Oh, really? The because Thomas. he, oh, he's the, the one. Yeah, he has so much health. He like freaking obliterate. I actually ran away from him into Dragon Sanctum when you fight him in in the DLC area. I just ran. I ran all the way to the area with the uh, freaking uh, horrible like turd dinosaur dragons. Uh, that that spit dark magic. Mm, uh, the, yeah, you the, know the, the turd dinosaur. What are, what are they? What are they? Hold up. What are they called? Uh, turd <laughs> dinosaur. Wait, okay. That, what, yeah. what will Google. <laughs> um. Uh, while he's looking that up, so Major Rold of Lanafir, the dude with the monocle. Yeah. Uh, there are uh, there are things that he says that are like nods to him being uh the jester guy and like interesting i can't remember he also sell the jester gear yes Uh, yeah okay yeah he sells that too uh but he says uh something to the effect of like oh we've totally never met before (laughs) yeah obviously that would be be a pretty fun they are called the imperfect which seems like an appropriate name oh these guys yeah oh yeah i had to look them up yeah i know what you mean the yeah uh in the layer of the imperfect as you're uh of course as you're trudging through yes 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 yes, yes. they drop a lot of uh dragon bone that's why i kept farming them for a little bit but uh that's beside the point yes uh recurring enemies super cool uh you are correct i love it i want more pursuer i want a pursuer action figure uh i love it i'm all about it uh, uh this will tie ah. in really well with uh something on one of my other lists oh my goodness well is this a list that we can talk about right now or should we <laughs> go on to more loves i think we should talk about more love first <laughs> okay good <laughs> king of transitions adam walker <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> i'll uh, be here Rook, longer Rook. than you want <laughs> Rook, what's your uh, what's your number two love there um it's it's a weird one uh life gems Oh, I think the life gem system is brilliant. 
so in Dar or in Demon Souls, that game received. I, I mean, I never played that, but one of the common criticisms I've seen of it is that it the regenerative item consumption that it has in the form of like the grass because uh, mm. they didn't have Estus flasks at that point um, trivialized some of the later or some encounters I guess because of how easy to acquire they were um, and Dark you could Coast, have like you could stack them like you could have like it wasn't like right. so you could have yeah not that it was easy to get them again, but you could also just hold on to so many at once. Right, right. You could have mm. like a hundred on on hand. Um, oh, interesting. Okay, but with with Dark Souls two, you have various like quality uh, delineators for the for these life gems, but also you have your Estus flask you don't start with very much in the, in the realm of uh, Estus flasks or only you have like what, like one or two, and then you have to start getting Estus flask shards uh, yeah. as, as well. I think as... you only start with one. Like it's a, yeah. it's pretty absurd at the beginning, especially as a come down from dark souls one, where you get like by the end of the game, like 20 sips, if you've kindled stuff. Right. Right. And also like com- combined with the sublime bone dust, which is another mm. cool thing, like lore implications of basically you're taking the bones of uh, previous chosen undead. chosen undead. Yeah, which is awesome. Uh, so the life gem, like also when you, you chug an Estus flask, how slow does it fill up your health in relation to Dark Souls 1? Quite slow. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it, not instantaneous. no. Which, which was oh. definitely a learning How curve to go back to. While healing. A couple, for sure, a couple. Oh, yeah. Um, so the the inclusion of, and it was something that got brought up by, uh, I think it was H Bomber Guy uh, on, on his YouTube uh, video of like In Defense of Dark Souls 2 that I really took to heart and really thought about this time through as I was playing. And like the brilliance of a regular life gem it heals quite a bit but it is very slow then you have the upgraded versions of that that are harder to come by like they're in more finite quantities but the regular life gem you can get 99 of and similarly with demon souls have 99 in hand but that is not a means for survival at least not to be relied upon in the same instance as like an Estus flask. It can, mm. um, as uh, someone from our community, my Sinclair uh, put, um, she made a comment that there are people that think it makes it too easy, but then just, just don't use them or buy them. I doubt I ever bought any life gems. My first time last time I, I played, I used life gems as a shortcut to move through areas faster don't have to rest at a bonfire and can keep going to to the next or next or next because I got some life gems. And my response to that was like, yeah, it, it speeds up that loop of it, it like in conjunction with the concept of clearing areas uh, of like killing the people 10 or 12 times in a zone and that clears it out. Uh, but point being is you 
just because you're out of Estus flasks doesn't mean your your forward momentum is lost. Mm. So it gives you a, another opportunity to chance it and push forward and explore with a little bit more trepidation, sure. Or you can balance out and let's say like you're on a boss run and you get hit once. Normally you get hit once. That's an Estus flask chug if you want to start a boss at full health especially if one of them like can one shot you at a certain percentage, but you pop a life gem, you're back to back to square one. And like, it's even, even footing. Uh, so having that kind of shore up that the difficulty uh, spike that a lot of people view the, the, these games to have, that's a nice modifier that it gives you to like, take the chance, like keep, keep pushing forward. You're going to be okay. And I think that's brilliantly executed uh, in this game. And it's a shame that it it didn't reappear anywhere else. Except for except for uh, Sekiro. There is a very vari- variation of the with that in Sekiro with your um, healing jug or whatever. I forget what it's called, um, but essentially your Estus flask. But then gourd. also the gourd, the healing gourd. That's right. I don't even play Sekiro. <laughs> uh, and your the what was it the pebble like uh, item that you have as a consumable, but you can only have like three, three or three to five of them, I think. But it's the same concept. Uh, it's a slower heal over time that you can implement to round out your your path forward, and I think that's that's just brilliant. Yeah, I, I think it's a very good system um, that was very cleverly chosen for this game because they did, you know, nerf the Estus flask from the first game a little bit. Right. So they they knew yeah. they needed something and this added a nice dynamic to just everyday progression uh, in the levels. So, yeah, that's uh, that's very cool. Yeah, I like the uh, healing system quite a bit it it um sometimes is is it gets rough when you really it, you really have to time things right it, and that goes mm-hmm. into like strategies and stuff um but i i know like a lot of times where i would just like pop life gems i'd like get some space i'd just pop life gems even more than i knew i needed just mm-hmm. to keep that health increasing uh, I know using life gems or the higher level life gems is also like a way people combat like going into like fire areas in uh, like uh, Iron Keep, like to fight totally. to, yeah, and like a way to also combat like just toxicity. It's just like to, well, if you're going to be taking poison damage, you don't have any, uh, any moss or whatever. You just got to, you just got to pop life gems until you. Yep. Uh, that's exactly what I did. Yeah. That's how I and got it, through the poison areas in Harvest Valley. I was just always popping life gems. Yeah, because it, <laughs> it would basically the 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 rate at yeah. which you would lose health was equal to the rate at which yeah. you would gain health from those gems. So it's always, always funny like, watching the bar. The bar would like yeah. like <laughs> exactly. fluctuate. Like it would like it would like pop back and forth. Like oh, I'm going up. Oh, I'm going down. Going up. Going down. Yeah. <laughs> yellow red. Yellow red. Yellow red. Yeah, it's it's great, and it's it's a good way to to yeah. mitigate some of those uh, those issues. Especially on, uh, and like I, my second playthrough, I did magic, but yeah, having, having items to restore 
uh, spell uses was very was very nice. Yes. Yes. Um, and then like even having items that were like, oh, well, this will restore health and spell uses, and I'm like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. cool. And then yeah. being able just to sell those when I'm not a magic user was phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> Don't need any of fancy, smancy intelligence using garbage. But uh, yeah. Tell us how you really feel. Jeez. <laughs> uh, Adam, what is your number two uh, most not hated? Oh. Coming in very, 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 very uh, lukewarm with my okay. just barely enjoyed list is uh, <laughs> the hominess of Majula. I did not know how to phrase this. Um, I and I, I can go more into it uh, in uh, you know the area list that we have later, but. Just the whole, I don't know, the, everything with Majula, like all the getting all the NPCs there, like building a town, kind of in a way. Mm. Even though like they don't interact with each other and they don't like do much outside of that, but just like having more like faces to go interact with every time you go to Majula to level up or or like burn some bone dust or or go upgrade your armor. Like, I would almost always go talk to everyone, even though I knew they didn't have anything more to say to me, and they probably wouldn't have anything else to give to me. I just liked uh, seeing if they would change at all. Uh, I would go talk to the the Wave Blue guy up by the pillar. I'd go talk to the Armor. I'd go talk to the Cat. Uh, Very rarely, I would go talk to the Cartographer, because it took forever to go see him. He has um, nothing valuable to add no, ever. Yeah, no, <laughs> What's with these flames? <sighs> What's the but deal yeah, with that? I uh is great. Uh it just really was a a a you know home base that they really I mean they did it kind of in Dark Souls three. I think they but Dark Souls three definitely felt a lot more like Dark Souls one. And and then the whole thing with We'll get into that later, but the Dark Souls Three just felt very closed off compared to Majula, and uh, I just really, I just really like Majula as a whole. Yeah, I I love Majula. I think it's probably my favorite hub uh, in all of the FromSoft games. The uh, it's it's probably tied for uh, for Hunter's Dream for me, but I can expand upon that later on. But you absolutely right in that it feels like you're visiting a village like the one safe space in all of this awful world this nightmare world it is the one like beacon of hope that you have and the music is fantastic when i was going through this list and like prepping notes and everything i just had the majula theme on loop um like a 10 hour loop i mean i didn't listen to it for 10 hours straight but like i just never needed to change it because it's so soothing um and it like that it it maintains that that energy that i was referring in like my first of this list is like that it maintains that that essence of fantasy and uh, a story and a fable 
uh, and like oh, the view that you have in overseeing the sea, like the horizon that they have, like FromSoft has some of the best sky boxes, man. Um, everywhere you go, and a lot of the time you can just see other spaces, but this is just like you have nothing but the ocean beside you, and it's it's calming. Um, and I, yeah, I, I love I love Majula so much. I uh, I concur. And I concur to the point that my next love is also Majula. <laughs> uh, it is such a great hub. It is one of the few, you know, th- this this world that they set up in Dark Souls 2 and 1, uh, I would say they, they do a really good job of, of all of their games, actually, feels extremely lived in. Mm. Um, and, you know this feels the most like a living breathing place uh not not as a shot to any other location in the game you know because i i really do like a lot of the locations in the game which we will get to shortly um but majula is the one that like oh you find this creepy you know seller uh, with this giant pack on their butt uh, on their back and as soon as you talk to them enough or buy enough stuff hey look where they wind up or uh you find this creepy ladder dude hanging out in earth and peak and then you talk to him enough and hey look he, he shows up there too and he's I, a con artist kid cut charging you way too fucking much <laughs> for his damn ladders <laughs> Listen, he, but he's it's awesome. supply and demand he's got a business to run i get it he feasts on souls that's cool and and part of what I love about it, too, is that when you first arrive there, it's so empty and everything is like Majula itself is a great um, microcosm of what the rest of the game is going to become, because you walk around Majula and there's like, oh, there's the Emerald Herald who will help you out. There's maybe that one blue covenant guy. I think he shows up right at the very beginning, Mm -hmm. but outside of that, it's just like lock door. Can't show up here. Killer pigs. Uh, (laughs) How great are the pigs? I love the, everyone dies to the pigs. Like if you, if you say you hadn't, you lied. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Pigs are so good. I I don't know why I enjoy them so much, but I really do. It's absurd. Uh, like the one safe spot you have, there are just these demon pigs. <laughs> they're like four <laughs> of them, and they're awful. <laughs> but like, you know, it, 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 they give you that spot inside the house. I oh, know mm. the house is even locked at the beginning. Like uh-huh. you have to get inside to even see the mystery of what might be underneath. And then there's a giant pit in the middle that clearly has items in it, but you just can't get there. Like, you know, they leave you kind of like Pirates of the Caribbean, where like the arm is sticking out of the jail cell and the dog is holding the keys. You know, there's something super cool that's just out of reach Mm -hmm. in six different locations in Majula. And you have to play the game and advance to be able to get to any of these cool little treats. And once you do, then the whole place becomes just this living, breathing, wonderful little home camp for you to have. Um, and, and I love it. I think it's, it's their peak hub world. Uh, you know, they, they, I think one did a really good job of creating Firelink Shrine as, as, as a place of desolation, which is kind of that whole game's vibe, uh, with a couple of guests, obviously, as you go. 
and then three is i think trying to split the difference between one and two uh to various effect like sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but um i think this is the best place to be and they know it's the best place to be because they could have easily let you level up anywhere you want but they didn't they took that out and specifically made you go back to emerald herald and to majula every time you wanted to level up every time you wanted to enhance your flask anytime you wanted to put some bone dust on something you had to go back to majula they knew you that was your respite and they built it into the game so you had to go back there to be able to go, whew, now I'm a little stronger. Mm-hmm. They did that for a reason, and it's beautiful. Uh, so, yeah, one of my top loves, uh, piggybacking off of one of Adam's loves, for sure. Oh, most definitely. Uh, but, yeah, that, I'm, I'm counting that as, as my turn. Uh so Rook, what's your uh what's your numero trace? Coming in hot. Lips? It's maj- no, it's <laughs> I I it's like it was so hard to not pick Majula as one of my favorites because like of these top 3 loves because like it it is such a breath of uh, fresh air every time you're there uh, and it's just rejuvenating. But uh, I wanted to focus on something else for this list. So with me, uh, my third is the bonfire aesthetic. Ooh. I think the bonfire aesthetic is so like has not been done its justice in the other games. I think it is a brilliant inclusion. Um, I can't believe I forgot about that. <laughs> that, that that was originally going to be on my list and instead i came up with hominess of majula <laughs> <laughs> i mean majula is pretty incredible you're not wrong there um and that's the thing is it was like it's tied majula is like it kind of ties into a lot of these things like the atmosphere um and everything but i feel like just a specific thing that spoke to me this time through was the, the the bonfire aesthetic and like tying into the concept as well of clearing an area. A lot of people when Dark Souls 2 came out hated the fact that you could go through an area enough times and clear it out. Which I don't get. Why? Like, why would you not like that? <laughs> I think I can't speak for like the general motivation of why, but I think a lot of what it ties to is the try hard, like, no, I want to be able to constantly push through and have this face me all the time. And also I have 30 hours to farm souls. Let me (laughs) use this 30 hours to farm souls. Is also like brute forcing your way through an area over and over and over and over again to get enough souls to just clear through it like bullheadedly overcome the challenge and that's a cool ability to be able to do that in some respect but you're kind of doing yourself like i'm not the kind of person that will take the hot stands that like you're playing the game wrong bob i mean i mean bob i mean bob (laughs) bob you can just say it it's not fun (laughs) Well, like, 
it, it it's it's not fun for me that's not the, that's not why i come to these games but i understand some people wanting to be able to like farm a little bit just to like have the to statistics match out to where they can ease through an area i understand that appeal to an extent mm. but that doesn't speak to me and why i love these games that's just not how i play them and for me it's going through finding the challenge besting that challenge and making that forward progress which is made so much easier with the aforementioned life gems now with clearing areas you've proven you know that area you've proven that you can overcome the challenges that are before you and it facilitates the speed at which you can if you spend enough time there say die 12 times cleared them out those 12 times you've made progress you've made a stepping Mm -hmm. stone with just that one enemy gone that might completely change the difficulty of that zone that you were shaking your hands at the screen like how did that other fucking guy come come at me and i didn't see him jesus christ this game is bullshit (laughs) which is a sentiment a lot of people have with these games and i get it Mm because it's a these games are meant to be death traps for a reason. It's awesome. Uh, this game gives no fucks about that. But the bonfire aesthetic is a compromise. It lets you choose the difficulty after you've gone through an area. You can reset it. You can respawn a boss that can be abused in a fun way for, say, let's speedrunners and farming the rotten and opening up <laughs> Dranglet Castle super early by getting 1 million soul memory. You can totally do that. But that's a such better design in like if you want to farm for souls, it is such a better design because you get so many more from clearing a boss out of an area. You can't do it infinitely because at some point you like you're just wasting your time in scaling your damage like there are so only so many attributes you need to boost for a particular general play style that you're just wasting your time but that's your choice if you want it but this is a great synergy and like like a symbiosis of compromise in letting you decide okay you've had enough of this area or it's too easy for you kick it up a notch it basically triggers new game plus for that zone and you can start getting this game has a cool concept of new game plus where you can start getting new items better items bosses fight a little bit different um it's not like revolutionary but it 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 does shift it up a little bit which is cool and i think that it's so unfortunate that none of the other FromSoft games have this and I wish yeah. they did. Bob, so you only did you only do Bonfire Aesthetic for Covetous Demon? Uh yes. Did you notice any new enemies or anything? Hmm. Because they do show up in New Game Plus. Like that is one of the cool things about New Game Plus in this game is that they add enemies and they change mm-hmm. placements around. Um mm-hmm. and the way I the can't enemies say look I did. there might be subtle changes, but I, I didn't notice any. So you probably would have noticed because the way that the enemies look is they have the red, like invader, uh, look to them. 
Oh, really? Okay, um, then I did. Yeah, I didn't. See so, it. for example, on uh, the Lost Center, um, when you make that walk, like through the like little sewer kind of area, um, there's a red invader explodey hollow guy that isn't there before, and he killed oh. me when I first threw in that. He surprised me. I didn't know he's going to be there. He's um, a bastard. When you like approach the the boss arena. And you have the two areas where you can set fire to to light up the arena. Guarding mm-hmm. each of the areas are one of the big uh, mummy pyromancer guys from from the Lost Bastille. Uh, the guys that have the big staff, and they they just look like incredible Hulk mummies. There's two of those yeah, guys mm-hmm. guarding guarding where you light the fire. Um, when I did the Duke's Dear Freya, uh, there's that one little bridge you walk across before you get to her arena where there's like little spikes around and the guys are like mining or whatever. Uh, if right when you go through that gate, like on your right side behind you hiding is just another red enemy invader. And he backstabbed me because I had no idea there was going to be an enemy there. Um, and there's, there's tons of them. Man. And uh, the other one I did, so it would have been uh, old iron King. So when you do it at that, that last bonfire that was hidden, uh, mm-hmm. when you drop down, like at the bottom of that ladder, there's a human NPC wearing the uh, turtle guy armor. Oh, yeah. And he's just waiting at the bottom of the ladder. And I had to run around him because I was evading all the other turtle guys. It's It really made me want to do New Game Plus again because it would feel like a totally different game. Right. It's one of the best iterations of New Game Plus uh, that FromSoft's ever done. And yeah. it's tied to I mean, Bonfire I mean... Aesthetic. It was. It's my favorite because it it kind of respects the time of the player just a little bit more, to where like, all right, I don't have time to start completely from scratch and do this entire game over again, but if I want to just face this one boss again, totally. or if I just want to have this one area be a little tougher because I like farming here, do your own I'm boss curious what mode. it's going to be. It, it, you can. It's a customizable boss it's rush insane. new game plus yeah. for whatever mm-hmm. you want it's yeah. it's absolutely brilliant did you like fighting this guy well here yeah go ahead here we know like usually you only get to do this once but just for this exception go ahead and if you want to you could do it like four or five times mm-hmm. and it, <laughs> it, it is really thousands cool. and hundreds of thousands of it souls. was really it was really <laughs> fun me like doing the rotten I, I beat the rotten four times and then i was like man i, was I wonder if, i wonder if i can like beat him again because he does it basically like obviously like he has more health and he does more damage your stats are all still the same though but Mm -hmm. (laughs) like and it really is about like okay well like when i got to like uh new game plus two i was like okay so i can't i can't take like more than two hits or he'll he'll kill me Mm -hmm. um and I, I got through that fight without getting hit once. And then when I got the mm-hmm. new game plus four, I was like, okay, any anything he does to touch me, I'm like one shot. <laughs> he breathes on me, I'm dead. Yeah. And then in addition to that, like I have to get so many more hits onto him because his health bar is just so so expensive. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was really fun just doing that over and over again. But yeah, more more than I thought it would have uh, been. It's so genius. I I, I it's I really appreciate something like we've kind of mentioned before with Sekiro having that DLC um, and the the boss rush mode, like being able to just focus on that dynamic is really cool. Giving players that option for the opportunity mm. to just like dial in and focus on those is great. 
this is, I think, the inception point for something like that, too. Um, and it, I mean, it might have shown up in something like Demon Souls, but I don't know because I haven't played it. Uh, but in my experience, at least, this is the first iteration of that concept in these games, and it is just genius. Um, and I hope moving forward, they find some way to continue that. Maybe not. Maybe it will never happen again. We just appreciate this having it being the only one that has it. But yeah, that's my uh, third love. I love it. I gotta agree. I I mean, I guess I should talk about the one I had as third, but like, I like bonfire aesthetics way more than what I had. <laughs> I mean, um, talk a little bit about the other one, but if you want, but like, yeah, continue I, aesthetic. <laughs> I had, uh, I had power stancing. Um, oh, yeah. Ooh. I had never done it. I had, I had two other playthroughs of this game. I didn't know. I had heard I heard people talk about power stancing. I'm like, what is it? I don't understand. Um, and being a a dex build and doing spears and and katanas and rapiers, it was super cool to to mess around with. And I didn't do it all the time. It was kind of any time I needed. Like, okay, I need to kill this enemy a little bit faster. Like, I I need to get that extra damage output. It worth the risk uh and that was really really fun going into strategies and trying trying out different weapons and seeing uh because like not every power stance weapon would would be the same like sometimes uh both weapons would turn into like a thrust sometimes if you had two katanas it'd be like a double like overhand slice um they were all different i really wanted to mess around with them more because it seems like a lot of weapons give you different opportunities i know i tried the uh some uh uh, Kestis weapons. I got like the Bone Fist uh, weapon, um, which is pretty cool. But just another like one of those gameplay uh, pieces from Dark Souls Two that was totally unique and uh, something you don't need to to interact with or do. Just like the bonfire aesthetic, like you can get through the game and enjoy it. Like this is also my first time doing bonfire aesthetics. I still love Dark Souls Two without it. Um. It just goes into that thing with Dark Souls 2 has so much to offer that is so easy to miss and not even not even take advantage of. Um, but it, it was just one. It was it was just enough this playthrough for me for it to stand out and be like, yeah, that was really cool. Like it, it wasn't, you know, uh, like I said, I like bonfire aesthetics more, but power stancing is really cool. <laughs> like it's super cool, <laughs> and I, I don't know why they don't have it in other games. Yeah, yeah, it I seems mean, like the the next iteration of that became trick weapons. Yeah, I feel like that's what trick weapons or, or like originated from was like a variation of your attack stance, and because a lot of the time they end up being two handed, but there's a different move set there, and it's not quite the same. But I feel like it evolved into its own thing. But I think it owes a lot to power stance. Yeah, actually, we have a, a very excellently worded uh, community comment from Amos Dragon. Hey, uh, Amos. Uh, he's, they, they started just saying power stance. It is a unique mechanic to Dark Souls that allowed a huge variety of weapons to be dual wielded together to create some interesting and unique combinations. In rare cases, it would lead to really cool attack animations that made the combo really good. Noticeably, the Kestis. That, when paired with another Kestis, made it so that pressing the offhand weapon attack 
would make the character do two quick punches in succession. A very fast combo that would allow the character to dodge out of the way of most attacks while having a pretty good DPS. Not to mention the other attacks of the Kestis power stance were very strong too. The only downside of power stance is the fact that to really maximize the damage, you need two weapons upgraded to plus 10. So double the investment compared to the successors uh, of power stance in Dark, 3, uh, Dark Souls 3. Excuse me. Uh, not that it would be a big issue considering how generous Dark Souls 2 was with upgrade material by the end of the playthrough compared mm-hmm. to any other Souls game. Very, very good point, Amos Dragon. Absolutely, and thank you for that, Amos. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, like absolutely right in that. Like, it, it feels like the, the criticism was taken to heart of Dark Souls 1 has a drought of upgradability materials, and this is like just an embarrassment of riches, uh, just raining materials. Like, yeah, yeah, you can just upgrade stuff. It's fine. Just play with toys. <laughs> yeah. Definitely feels like the most generous. And also, I, I want to bring up this other comment. Uh, it kind of relates back to Adam's um, comment about, like, being able to, to play how you want with all these optional items, optional bonfire aesthetics, optional power stances, uh, and also a little bit of your uh, bonfire aesthetic um, love as well from uh, from my Sinclair who writes, uh, Dark Souls 2 is often up for debate for me as my favorite of the Souls games. It has immense layers of customization available uh, after it from feels to me like they have learned harder on, they have leaned harder on, quote, you have to play it this way, unquote. And my favorite aspects of Souls games is that they are RPGs. Uh, It lets you very easily control the difficulty by allowing certain enemies to be cleared out, optional healing items, and the aesthetics. they, they mentioned specifically here, I wish From had carried aesthetics into future games. Hell, uh, yes. Which is something Preach. We, yeah, <laughs> seriously. Um, and yeah, they go on, but I think we're going to cover that elsewhere. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that's a, a, an excellent point. Like, literally, I, I just played the dude who goes around smashing things, and I never touched Power Stance even once. Um, and I don't think it hurt my experience in the, in the least. And, and that's what I love about these games. Yeah, is that, absolutely. You know, Bob, your you experience it, playing it is totally different from mine, and we both had an amazing time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. I would have loved to see you. There's like those enemies uh, that have like the the big guys that have like the double great shields that they use to create like oh. a barrier. So you <laughs> yeah. can get two of those shields, and I think you can power stance with those, and that does yep, some kind of build. unique. Yeah, it's a it's a build. Uh, I would have loved to see you try to tackle that. <laughs> I like the sound Shield of this. Okay. <laughs> I was kind of interested. I was very close in terms of like power and fat rolling and all that to just being able to have double dragon tooth. Um, oh <laughs> along with Havel's armor. Uh, I was just oh a little God, bit out yeah. from being able to, to like not fat roll with it. Well, they, uh, but I was like, yeah, who needs to roll and you can sword. make them flee in terror. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It was funny too because the two dragon's tooth would like curve up and clip through each other. Like clearly, <laughs> they didn't intend for any human to ever have this. It's just too much. Uh, it was great. That's so good. Yeah, totally, one hundred percent agree. My. Yeah, and uh, and thank you for your comment. Yes, of uh, course. Bob, do you have one more love, or is it time to talk some talk some ass? I got some. I got one more love. Right. Uh, I don't have to go uh, crazy long on it on this one because uh, once I say it, 
I think we can all agree that this is a thing to love in this game. Gavlan, our boy, uh, wearing a bell on his head <laughs> and being able to buy all your stuff and selling poison arrows so early off in the game. Yeah. Everything he did. Everything was, is a poison like, arrow strat. Yes. <laughs> it was, he was such a godsend. He was everything I was like, as I played through Dark Souls 1, I was like, oh, all right, where do I have to go for poison arrows? Because I know I need more of them, but I don't quite remember. Or like they're limited, so I can't buy all of I want. And then like, oh, I don't know where to sell all these items. You don't even unlock it till super late in the game. So early on when I ran into Gavlon and he was wheeling and dealing as he does. Yeah. Uh, and he made all my dreams come true. <laughs> you want some poison arrows? Here you go. You want some extra items? Here you go. Uh, you you want to be able to sell all your stuff and get all these free souls back? Here you go. It's all you yours. You have to find me. <laughs> yeah, you just, and he's just there chugging. He's having a beverage, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely loved him, and the fact that he just keeps showing up. My only my only thing that kept him from higher on my uh, love list is that he doesn't come back to Majula. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I was really hoping yeah, he would be uh, like hanging a... out there. Yeah, people always gotta stay with his gir- with his Guillermo homies that he. You know, all his boys. He stands yeah. back and lets you murder and just watches. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, cool, dude. Just bring me stuff to sell. I got souls for you. It's all good. <laughs> kind of uh, wonder where he yeah. gets those souls. Hey, we don't question Gavlon. As we know, he wheels. He deals. He also, he also deals. Do you know what he's wheeling? Hopefully not bone wheels. No. Uh, <laughs> Dark Diver... Uh, was it Grandall? He's moving him around. The Wait, wheelchair no, guy. really? Yeah. Is that, are you messing with me or is no. that a real thing? <laughs> no, that's what it, it's not like confirmed, but it like based on his like placement and timing, it kind of alludes to his, um, him moving around Dark Diver. Huh. Well, you know what? I was in the Dark Cult uh, or Dark uh, whatever they called Pilgrims it. Covenant. Dark. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know what? I'm all about him. Me and Guys, Goblin are even closer than I thought. I found uh, a YouTube video. Oh, no. About Goblin. And it has some audio I would really like to play. Do it. Uh, on, on the are, cast. Are you able to? And yeah. I'm going to in just a moment. Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> I, I hope so. So the the bop of this generation, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Why kids aren't out at the club? Oh my <laughs> god! I need the to... goblin wheel and deal. I need to have that as my ringtone. <laughs> goblin wheel, goblin deal. It, it just that was. <laughs> I I intended just to look up him saying the phrase, and then that that popped up, and it was it was phenomenal. <laughs> um. But no, that's uh, that's basically the end of the the love and hate, or no, just the love part of the list here. 
Um, so does that mean we can talk some shit about this yeah. piece of trash game that we all hate? Now we can reveal ourselves as secret Dark Souls 2 haters. Ah, entire... it's been me all along! I hate this game! <laughs> Fuck you, Dark Souls 2! Literally unplayable. What? It gives me customization options. Unplayable. <laughs> ADP, more like piece of shit. <laughs> Piece P or pay PP piece of poop. I don't know, I <laughs> Nailed <got> it. it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we we each have a list here of three things that we hate from the game. And uh, how about this? I'll I'll start off here. We'll, we'll reverse the order. Uh, my number one uh, for for top hates. Little thing called Pharos Lockstones. So, you know how keys, when you open things, are satisfying, right? Well, let me tell you about an item that removes that pesky satisfaction right out of the equation. Do you want anything that does maybe something? Well, have I got just the thing for you. Pharaoh's Lockstones. You like shoving a, a small block into a ghost mouth? <laughs> What is it this well, now time? now you can! Oops. Oops, all water. Oh my god. In, in friggin' Door of Pharos, those are so frustrating, because they would just spit a thousand little keyholes at you, and it's like, alright, am I really gonna have to bring up a, a, a walkthrough here to tell me which is good and which is bad? Because I have four of these, and I just walked past 15 open gateways, like... What am I going to stick these Pharos lockstones into? Doors uh, of Pharos, now all around Drangolek. Bring your lockstones. Be careful. Some of them might kill you. <laughs> Have you recently tried Grave of Saints? Oh, oh we'll God. get to it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, like, they just, they just really bugged me. Like, at first, oh. I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember what these are. Like, you put them in, they open up, uh, you know... Uh, like here's a glowing wall and now that becomes like an openable thing well but here's then, my as here's the, the game thing, like yeah God, as the game moved on it became more and more like esoteric and unclear as to what anything did with these pharaoh's lockstones, and it just made me not want to use any of them ever did you let the troll uh, ones get you of course <laughs> I, I i see i would have thought maybe you would have remembered because like i definitely remembered after well, i guess i played it through twice but I wasted so many my first playthrough of this game. And I think, honestly, on this playthrough, I probably left a lot alone that might have had something behind them. And I was just like, nope, I'm not fucking with it. Nope. <laughs> no thanks. Yeah. Because like, at a certain yeah. point, after I was about halfway through Dora Pharos, I was like, I, I'm just, I don't really care anymore. Because what's yeah. going to be behind it? A bonfire uh, uh, aesthetic like there's whoa. like two indoors of i don't i don't already use. have like 15 of these <laughs> so i i just stopped caring about it at all uh and like that shouldn't be what i feel about a portion of this game i want to be able to care about it and look at my items and and see them as like really important things that i have and after a certain point i was like screw this i ain't pharosing anything anymore yeah. it's, <laughs> it's so evil and i love it <laughs> Uh, uh, you can get the mask of Pharos later on a DLC levels, I think. I think I did get it. Yeah, 
Uh, now that now that you mention it, yeah. Uh, that doesn't do anything with the lock stones or anything, right? It just no. It's it, it's, it's just like a hey. Remember this thing that was named after this? Well, here's the mask of him. <laughs> so satisfying. No. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my uh, that's my number one hate for sure. So that's top. I yeah. I thought I we mean, were gonna. You don't. Oh, you want to build up to it? I'll build up to mine. Well, oh, I, I mean, uh, that was definitely my third uh, <laughs> hated thing. So many yes, more things. I... Top it. <laughs> Bob, you'll wheel. Bob, you'll deal. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, yes, Adam, what, what do you what do you have at number uh, three? Let's say um, NPC invasions. <laughs> Ooh, so, like sometimes they're fine, but Lorne? like all forlorn i was okay with because i i remembered them like i knew that they would pop up a bunch but like a lot of the other ones and some of the npcs are just like i feel like they're way too tough in some areas uh like jester thomas that guy had like more health than covetous demon (laughs) like i don't get it (laughs) like i i that was my that was my biggest issue. I I felt like I felt like the AI for some of the NPC invaders were just off the charts sometimes. Uh, especially like because that would be like my biggest hangup. Like that would what would stop me in a lot of areas were 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 the NPC invaders. Uh, Bob, I know you fought Sir alone, Rick. Sir, oh yes, yeah, yeah, of course. So do you remember Prowler? The guy who spawns like prowlers. five versions of himself. I remember the prowlers leading up to the armor where you enter the the memory. Oh, on the alone. staircase. Yeah, on the staircase. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Uh, the f- first time I played the game, uh, I like I I almost didn't go to Sir Alone just because of those those guys. Uh, <laughs> like I you you see like it says like. Like Prowler has invaded. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, and I, I fight one guy and I beat him. And I go up the stairs and there are like four other ones. And I'm like, what the hell is this game? I thought I just beat, like, I just beat this guy. Why are you throwing this up right here? And, uh, you know, Jester Thomas can, you know, go do something that I'm not going to say on the podcast. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm glad I got that off my, my chest. I feel much better now. Uh, they're not all bad. Uh, I just, most of the time I got frustrated fighting enemies in this game. I feel like it was an NPC invader. And I, I even when I got stuck on, on bosses and other enemies, like I always felt like it was fair. A lot of times fighting NPC invaders, I was like, how are they doing this, this much damage? Why do they have this much health? It, it felt really stacked against me, especially in a way it shouldn't have been on in a one-on-one fight mm. and uh also I, I need i need to get good uh big noob uh I saw. <laughs> <laughs> um it's funny that you bring that up because uh blue mayhem actually was playing dark souls 2 and stopped early on because of armor dennis in the forest of fallen giants he couldn't get past him oh wow uh, he's a tough fight yes yeah, and 
yeah like that you're i mean you're not wrong those npcs are ridiculously hard at times um i didn't have as much of an issue with them this time but i remember my first time through i was uh pretty livid with them but if you'll remember in re- regard to the aforementioned prowlers they're actually when they invade it is said you have been invaded by prowlers yeah but i thought the guy's name was i know i know know. (laughs) and then it's revealed that it's plural (laughs) that it's actually just a like a noun or uh title as opposed to i'm shaking my fist right now miyazaki (laughs) it's it's pretty it's pretty nefarious for sure and yeah it's totally understandable yeah yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand the criticism of it. Uh, you know, I took out Prowler in my first try, so it wasn't really an issue. But, uh, uh, you know, I guess it's just a... <laughs> I, too, use the elevator as bait, Bob. Oh, I 100% did this time. They didn't... They didn't well, <laughs> they didn't kill me. They didn't kill me on this playthrough, but it took. Oh, I spent way too much time like baiting them. Story there, I and... see. Okay, okay. <laughs> but that's what I'm Lead saying. Like it, it wasn't. It was more just like this is it's where not a good I. Fight. Yeah, it's, it's not like a good fight. It's like here's a stopping point. Uh, by the way, we're slowing down your progress, and it's not going to be fun. You know. Yeah. That's what a lot of them felt like for me. Firebomb! Firebomb! Yeah. Firebomb! <laughs> uh. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I totally. And then, get like, it. almost falling down the elevator shaft to my death, and having like a blip of health left, and I'm like, <laughs> why, "Why am I doing this? Like, why is this?" I just went all the way through Broom Tower, and then this is what I'm doing for 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think that I shit's kind of hilarious. Never... Oh yeah, <laughs> Truth be told, I think it's yeah. so funny. And also, I, I like that they were like, "You kill them, and they're done. Like, that's it. Yeah. You, you, you know." That that yeah. encounter of them is gone forever. It's not like this perpetual threat that will always keep reappearing every single time. You mean so, like an uh, iron? I don't know. Deep? Are you getting invaded uh, like over and over again? Well, listen, Iron Keep is its own thing. I like Iron Keep, <laughs> but uh, we'll 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 certainly get there. Um, yeah, I, I I totally get it. Yes, Brooke. So I guess coming in at number three on mine is um, it's kind of a carryover from the first one a little bit, but uh, it, it I think is exceptional in this instance. Um, this and it this game gets criticized often for it, and I get why. And it's not as contested or negatively impactful for me but it is a fault for sure this game has too much this game has far too much it has too many locations that end up like i i love 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 the diversity and i agree 100 percent that the diversity adds so much to it but there are some instances where it just feels like too much, um, where it goes on just a little bit too long. Um, but the biggest issue for me, it, like in regard to this overabundance, I feel like uh, 
it, it's they didn't learn anything from the first time around with Dark Souls, but like the weapons. There are too many weapons mm, that have do the exact same thing. They <laughs> might vary it up ever so slightly with like a, a pre, um, just being able to or predisposition is the word I'm looking for a predisposition toward a type of a damage. This one has more fire. This one has more dark, whatever. That's all well and good, but like, especially if it's your first time through, it it instills a sense of paralysis for a build, which is negated, I will say, in its favor. Uh, and I, I am a little surprised that it didn't rank up as high. Like if we did like a top five, maybe this would be up there. The ability to re-roll your character at mm. any point in the game is unique to this and Dark Souls 3. You cannot re-roll your characters really in any of the other games. Yeah. But unless you feel like doing that and changing up your play style partway through the game, it feels like you have all of this shit in your inventory because you can't sell it <laughs> that ends up just going into your item box. And you, you alluded to this earlier, um, uh, Bob, with your, your comment on like how many NPCs there are just in general. Yeah. I think it was the the last recording we did, but just how many NPCs there are. And we talked about like, it just feels like bloat. There could have been roles or functions that were blended and distilled into the essence of what they were or combined in some sense that made them feel more worthwhile in participating in them. Like that one armorer dude that you just go talk to has almost no purpose in Majula. Uh, like in the game yeah. at all he ha he has no function in the game other than you can buy some armor sets from him and then get boss armor you know who else could probably get that for you the fucking blacksmith <laughs> <laughs> what a brilliant concept <laughs> that a character in dark souls one the conceit was they would forge gear for you and there were too many blacksmiths in dark souls one there is a dedicated single blacksmith. Well, it's okay. Two blacksmiths. McDuffie doesn't really count because he just feels like he's trying to cash in on being Andre, but he's not Andre. Yeah. Um, he's fine. He can imbue stuff. But like, why can't the main blacksmith in the town do that? To make well, the world feel more Did you have a problem with in? it? Well, actually, I had a problem with that in one, too. <laughs> that was, <laughs> I think that was one of my dislikes of one. Yes, it was. Yeah. Exactly. Was, was like why why which blacksmith four... did which fucking thing yeah. yeah and that's my point is like they didn't learn it they didn't learn the fault of that and they've improved on so many other things i feel like but they, like they i just i only i only went to duff to buy iron arrows and that was it but that was still frustrating well right but like fortunately they have a bonfire directly beside him 
Yeah. And yeah. the bonfire directly beside your other blacksmith, which is an, a fantastic lesson learned. I am so appreciative of that, that you don't have to do the giant blacksmith run. Ugh. Or the <laughs> the run to on. Well, Andre's not so bad once you get that other one. So never mind. That's moot point. But point being like, why is that like they learned it finally, finally in Dark Souls three? Yeah. And in the hunter's dream in Bloodborne, like, yes, Bl- Bloodborne first, but I'm just talking like specifically in Dark Souls. They combined it with Andre because Andre's all that matters. <laughs> this is very true. And there are so many weapons that you could choose so many items that like I, I do appreciate the the in- increase in spell quantity as like someone who wanted to be a dark or hex builder or hex build like that was nice to have but you didn't like going to everyone to make sure that you got everything there's so many vendors to buy spells it's so nice the first (laughs) 10 times and then just becomes rote i mean what you can buy spells from the chancellor guy and drangalic you can buy them from novlon if you didn't do what you did you can buy them from is Dark Diver Grandel sell any spells? No, not you can that I would die from the Dark Guy, and then... right? Falcon, but that's the Falcon. thing is like, yeah. why not? Because Falcon is fucking useless other than getting his spells. He'd be so much cooler intertwined with Dark Diver Grandel. He would be so cool and like have a better function. Yeah, but they div- they cleaved him in twain into two characters that one is cool conceptually for a covenant and the other one is just a vendor. But like, yeah, why not intertwine them into one? That's my biggest issue with it is that like if each of these were super unique character models or super unique characters with just their own story or their own whatever, um, then I'd be fine with it. I you know whatever you you separate them out. I get it. Um. But, like, I think they did that with some. I think the the merchant hag with all the giant stuff on her back, like, she's super interesting. The cat. She has personality. Yeah, Dark Diver. Like, they have a lot of personality. They have super unique, memorable uh, interactions. Uh, But but then there's a lot of them that are just, like... Even the cartographer, like, as much as he sucks, he's memorable. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's a lot of them, like even the blacksmith, blacksmith's daughter, like for as much as the there could have been a story there. Yeah. Um, she's just like, she doesn't do anything. She doesn't add anything to the story. She's not doing anything. And I could say that for a, a, a lot of people, like even the latter Smith, as much as I kind of razz him, uh, like, I don't know. Could, he at least could you has not novelty have... to him. Yeah, <laughs> but he's like he's not incredible or anything. But he at least no, has a novelty to him. Enough novelty yeah, that... for a return. Yeah. Ooh, spoiler. Jeez. <laughs> In my dreams. There we go. <laughs> but yeah, it's just that feels like it was just wasted on what could have been distilled to its essence in. Uh, something we'll absolutely talk about later on uh, in in Bloodborne, but mm. it it just and like it, it intertwines 
like my this this distaste that I have also relates to some of the locations a little bit and there is like an echo of the sentiment in one of my la- of like my top one which Ooh. if you've been paying attention at home you probably know what it is <laughs> uh but yeah that's it for me it's just it, it's just a little bit too much of everything i like it i like it all right does that uh what is that does that loop around to me i don't know how this yes, crazy thing works okay <laughs> with your uh, number with number three <laughs> My yeah, my secret number two. Well, it's two um, either way now. <laughs> yeah, true. No matter what way we're going, um, I just put it as copy and paste bosses. Um, hmm. and well, I we totally... can go into mine that was reskin bosses, so we can. Both hey, talk there we go. There you go. Okay, perfect. Um, and I know, and I already understand the irony of it coming from the guy whose number one love of the game is the recurring enemies that one of the hates of my game is the reskinned enemies. Oh, there's definitely a delineation. There's a, I think there's a huge difference. Totally. Yeah. Um, because there's just, and it, it really doesn't happen that much. I think it gets really overblown in the criticism of this game to like, Oh, there's so many like reskin bosses. There's, re- there's like three in in all honesty, but it's just enough that it does become a little disappointing. Bob, think because... about it in a in a paid DLC. Yeah, sixty six percent of the bosses are the same. Yeah, the the gang squad and the double uh, double avas. Yeah. Uh... <sighs> Wait, are you yeah, telling me you yeah. don't remember their names? No, Havel? no, Ludd and, Z- Lud and Zalin. <laughs> oh, Ludd and Zalin, the king's about... pets. Those totally metal names. Lud and Zalin. Uh, yeah, I mean they're cool names, but, but the fights. The... Yeah, and 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 you know, there's there's just enough of these reskin fights that it, it does become an issue because every time I open up one of those fog gates and something is on the other side. I'm expecting the coolest thing. And most like of the time, Vegas and congregation. <laughs> yes, exactly. Everyone's favorite boss. Dan, Dan favorite boss with a bullet. <laughs> um, but you know, I, 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 and it's not crazy of me to expect it. Cause I think this series is exceptionally great in rewarding people who want a really cool character model and a really cool fight. And I, consistently get that and that's the reason i love playing this series uh but then every once in a while you open it up and it's you know twin dragon armor dudes and you're like oh i this like i just talked to the queen like i just talked to this giant main character and this is the next thing that i see like this is so disappointing and uh yeah it it happens just enough in this game where it is a little bit of a, you know, a disappointment. Again, like Blue Smelter Demon. All right. There's just enough different there. I'll give it a pass. And, Do you uh, though? I mean, it was, <laughs> I, I found him to be the most difficult boss in the game. So I, I had feel, a different, yeah. you know, uh, a different sense of respect for him. He's better than I, the original. I also I like probably. Smelter Demon fight more than you do, Rook. So. 
I know, I know. I don't like. I don't hate the blues about the demon. I really don't. I just think that like it's overused. Yeah, and, and, and it is. But then like, all right, old Dragon Slayer is just a straight up reskin from the last game, and and like, I don't know. And the Dragon Riders are reskins no, of themselves. Absolutely, they're reskin of themselves from the same okay. game. That's what that's, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think unexcusable. What, what is more? <laughs> any, well, okay, Twin Dragon Riders. I, I want to say Belfry Gargoyles is the absolute worst. Oh, but yeah. you know why? You know why I put it like up like worse than Twin Dragon Riders is that the gar it's a the Bell Gargoyles fight is a great fight from Dark yeah. Souls One. From the first one, it's it's one yeah. of the best. And then they take oh, that and they're like, "Hey guys, uh, they you like Dark Souls it. One? Remember this?" Yeah. And we're like, "Oh, cool!" And, and we're like, "No, no, what did yeah. you know? <laughs> you like ice cream? Yeah, of course I do. Well, now your bed's made of ice cream. <laughs> what? I didn't. <laughs> and it's Where on am fire. I gonna... and... <laughs> Look, your feet are ice cream now. What kind of warlock are you? Like, stop doing this. I said I just like it. I don't want it. Everything yeah. all the time from always. software with like." bug snacks <laughs> like like testers and they're like hey remember that awesome dragon rider fight and then the player's like no well actually well guess what now there's two <laughs> it totally ties in a little bit and i'll be brief but like it totally ties into my my sentiment of overabundance is that like yeah. with, the, with the bosses there are too many bosses that could have just been mini bosses. They did not need a full health bar and a title. I'll tell you what, the one cool thing also, actually, no, you know what? It's not great. It, um, <laughs> like I was like, well, yeah, but there. they give, they give you more boss weapons and stuff, but then in dark souls two, the boss weapons kind of suck. They're not worth yeah. it. They're and not like, as memorable as why couldn't, for sure. Why couldn't the mini boss just drop that shit? Yeah. Yeah. Why couldn't they just drop that set of gear? There's no reason why. They could just give it to you. They're already giving I, you so much other garbage. Yeah. Oh, you missed out on the Dragon Rider spear? Well, look out. You can get it again later. The Dragon yeah, Rider it, shield. Or maybe the it, Dragon Rider halberd. Pick now. Oh, for 1995. Or just use the bonfire <laughs> set. It can fight the boss again and try to get it that way with the soul. Yeah. You I, love I think that boss fight. Just of, play it again. Uh, it definitely is a case of the development team being like, all right, the, the motto of this game is bigger and better. And Patty. At, yeah. And, yeah, and except the like, only except way the... they could do that was this, yeah. uh, unfortunately. Yeah. Except the intercom, like, cut out after bigger. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're, like, they're, like, in the office, and, like, Miyazaki is like, all right, for Dark Souls 2, we're going bigger. And that's it. <laughs> you heard the man. I don't know well, what context, but everything. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, with all the quantity, like every once in a while, they really like hit something good. Oh, totally. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Where, whereas like cool they fights. like chances they wouldn't have like like I'm more think like I mean, OK, there's only like well, like like uh, I mean, Executioner's Chariot, like that boss is really frustrating for me. Like it. I, I had a really hard time with it. I think it took me four or five tries and that run up to it sucks. But like it's every rough. time I go back to think on it, I'm like, that is a really like cool, like boss fight. Like just, you know, just as it functions as a fight. Like, uh, yeah, I mean the second half of it, when you're fighting the, the horse or whatever, it's just, I mean, it's just a normal boss fight, but 
like but it's different it's a different yeah, phase it feels it, it it the way it makes you feel and you get stressed out over like what's going on it was just different it's a gladiatorial battle it feels like a gladiatorial battle and i, I think that's great and like the the run up to it is like it's rough for sure but you know what can make that run a lot easier clearing out the enemies on the way there so let's say like you're struggling you can make up i mean that granted that requires 12 runs through but if you're struggling on that boss it becomes less difficult but yeah like prowling magus and the undead congregation like that's straight up just a wave of enemies with some mini bosses yeah th there's no reason that should be a boss like what are the and, prowlers and... they're an invasion what could the the gank squad be invaders yeah yeah they, they could have totally been that but had dropped some items that have cool lore attached to them but you don't need to like have this grandiose health bar attached to them to make them feel like they're part of some grand scale like they're fine they're under they're whelming at best yeah I, I totally agree and i think i think uh they're all kind of linked together a little bit for for that round of hates because yeah. it is it, it links back to maybe the mentality of of this sequel game you know we need we need more uh and they want it obviously better but uh a faulty pa system would not allow that yeah and like uh, i feel like the the pros heavily outweigh the cons as far as like the more that they added like adam was saying Oh, yeah. the areas like you yeah. lots of unique shit and i love it and the diversity it, of regions well and like explore. i'm yeah. uh, like you, it goes back to things that just could have been taken a step further like if they just like they have a lot of things there that they just didn't explore as much as they needed to like one of the things that obviously comes to mind is the covetous demon fight like if that had been tweaked like just a bit mm -hmm. here and there like that fight could have been really really cool like dan talked about be, like the mechanics with, like the bodies falling mm -hmm. from the ceiling and then like i told you guys about that that move he has where he swallows you and de-equips all your items like that's cool yeah um it was a little like you fight like the version of him later as a mini boss which like as you talked about there is a white covetous demon in uh yulam lois that doesn't have a boss health bar and he is a lot tougher. Uh, mm -hmm. He still is kind of a joke, but uh, poison like, arrows, baby, hundred <laughs> percent every day. But yeah, it, it's a it's, it's that. I don't even remember what 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 was the topic we were on. Well, just uh, reskin bosses, bo reskin yeah, bosses, yeah. copy yeah. paste bosses. Yeah. So, like, who does the real boss of Earth and Peak feel like? Mitha. Covetous uh, demon's just there, yeah. He's just there as a as a gate, an arbitrary lore, gate. though, uh, for sure. But that's the thing is, you can get that lore from an item he drops in that. Bobby, arena. ready for this hot lore drop? Oh boy! So you know how Mitha was a queen okay. who poisoned herself to become more beautiful for her king. Well, obviously, well, guess what? There was someone in the court of Mitha who was like, oh. Yeah, I like I like her. Uh, I don't know if this was before or after the poisoning, but he basically just started uh, gorging food to make himself more attractive, uh, and I guess he turned into a big blubbery demon. 
Is that the truth? Is that the lore in the world? I don't know. That's what I think it is. Uh, go check Fextra Life if you want to be sure, and then comment uh, below. And let or, us know. Or in the appropriate uh, section. Anyway. It's called Listener Engagement. I love it. Yeah. Hey, yeah, I'm so, talking yeah. to you. Yes, you. Go look it up on Fextra Life right now. Look up Covetous Demon <laughs> Lore. Let us know if we got it wrong. We'll wait. We'll sit here for 30 seconds. Yeah. You can type out your comment. Mm-hmm. No, seriously. Like we're, we're, we're giving, this is your time. You. This is your time. We know, you, we, we know you're there. We're asking you specifically to do this. You don't have to use your home keys. You can just type it however We're not you want. doing this. Who do you think we are? Miyazaki, we, we, we don't need to do this. We no. want you to do this. You're awesome. Yep. Okay. Click that. Click that right there. Submit. Open it. No, open in another tab. You're going to want to have the point of comparison for the other list. There you go. There. Awesome. Now type that in. Cool. Thank you. Now, as you were saying. (laughs) Are we back to Rook? Are we back to. uh, Uh, Yes, that is back to. uh, Are we back to to Bobber Buldeck? Wait, is <laughs> that it? was no. basically mine? Oh, oh, really? It was copy. So we all uh, had the same one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, like it, it was, it was like a synergy into those two things were kind of like that was yeah. a specific part of the the overabundance is like the bosses and the lack yeah. of variety in their overabundance. All right, it's true. All right, we, so uh, am I am I doing number three then? You're up, or number one? I mean. <laughs> Your third number one. Wait, that's right. Okay, sure. So, so this is my this is for sure my loosest one, um, because I just listed it as frustration, and let me explain. Because I know Dark Souls is known as the series that's you know, it's the tough one. Time to control I is digibrate. Get it. <laughs> uh, maybe half of one. No, nothing. <laughs> um, but and and maybe maybe it's just the game. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's a combination. But I found myself with this game, especially playing it back to back to one. This game, I just found myself getting more frustrated. And not at my ability, but it felt like the game was built to be frustrating in in certain parts instead of just difficult. A hundred percent. Oh, totally. And I know, and I know that's a very fine line to delineate. But like, I think in Dark Souls one, in the in the run up to tomb of the giants or maybe it's right after tomb of the giants when you're when you're going to like grave lord nido's area mm-hmm, do you mm-hmm. remember that one spot where the one guy is shooting you with arrows and you're supposed to run up and stab him and then there's another giant skeleton right next to him out of view that kicks you off the the ledge there's it's also like a skeleton tower that appears right <laughs> yes yeah yes it's totally. like a very <laughs> infamous spot in that game i feel like whoever was in charge of that spot in dark souls one <laughs> was was given some sort of promotion and so he designed like 15 he's the areas. one that turned off the intercom 
Now, now again, I, ha- I always I have to preface it because you know it it's it's like saying oh the game is too tough, it's the tough game, but it is and it isn't. It's it's just a little bit above that. It's the volume knob turned to eleven in places where it didn't feel like it should have been. It's ganky, uh, and, and Bob, the, the, the game is a bit ganky. It's it's the gankiness. It's the constant like poison areas. There's there's just uh, you know, there's there's a squad of murderous pigs in your safe hometown, like that. Don't sometimes you talk shit just... about the pigs, Bob. <laughs> pigs that sometimes, awesome. sometimes you just can't even roll away from oh, because they've even lowered like the iframes and rolling yeah. hitboxes. Like it, it feels like they they leaned into. You know, they they heard the feedback from one. It's the same as the ice cream analogy. They heard the feedback from one that people like this hard game. And so they said, okay. And they just they just did it a little bit too much in a in a few too many areas. What um, what are standout areas to you? Iron keep. Yeah. <laughs> the 150 alone nights that beeline for you. <laughs> Yeah, the second yeah. you even look at them, they run full force, and then there's like at least three guys with arrows or yep. magic that can hit you from anywhere you want on the map. Yep, and uh, the okay, arrows, in, those in, arrows in, are homing arrows. Yes, <laughs> it's ridiculous. You, you see, in the lore, they're protecting the old Iron King, and they're doing their best to ward off any invaders to prevent. So if you really think about it, it makes a lot. No, it's bullshit. It's so fucked up. Yeah, it's so fucked up. It's it's the Anne Orlando Knights dialed up to 11. It's so evil. Yeah. Like. uh, Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's tough to put into exact words, but I hope I I did a decent job explaining it because it is just like it's just general frustration. And it was something that I didn't want to feel with this game. Obviously. And I don't think I felt it as much with the first one. And it's, it's so specific that I can't, I can't say for sure that it wasn't just, maybe I was just having a bad day. I couldn't beat dark lurker a couple times. I got greedy here and there. Like maybe, maybe it is on me at least a certain percentage, but there's a certain percentage that is this game. Yeah. And and that's my issue with it. Is, like that, is that one, they... that one room in Broom Tower, where you drop down, and there's like two of the giant guys, and then like six of the smaller guys that also do insane amount of damage, and you're just like, yeah. well, yeah, I totally <laughs> just ran right past them. Yeah, there's a lot of spots in Broom Tower that that do that exact thing. When, when you're walking, oh boy, um, <laughs> yeah. at, right after that room you're describing, where you have to like and drop they all down, come out, the, they the, ambush the you, yeah. When you run out of there, and yeah, when you're walking along like the ledge on the edge of the world or whatever, yep. and there's the ma- the little bird mages yep. who will constantly throw stuff at you. Then there's the big ghosty guys who can turn their body into bows and arrows. Uh, and then there's like four or five knights that just appear out of the ground to attack you. Like, it just, it doesn't feel fair and not in a fun Dark Souls-y way. Yeah. It just feels like... A very bullshit. frustrating way. It feels like utter bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, 
I don't know, maybe this will come up more eloquently in other people's, um, you know, hates, but I, I, I want to just read this full uh, comment from Nubby. Uh, <laughs> I think this this does an, an excellent job at summing up just general frustration. How I worded it on this description is general malaise about this game, uh, but at the same time, like, acknowledging that it is a good game so here's nubby's full comment um the fact that you lose health every time you die is stupid the amount of effigies the player acquires through the game nullifies the impact of this mechanic so what's the point of even having it at all uh adp is a stupid stat and agility is a stupid attribute uh tying estes recovery speed to adp is stupid uh it's also never communicated in the game that adp has anything to do with estes recovery you have to find that out by luck or by looking it up tying iframes to adp is even more stupid weapon armor durability is stupid and has yet to be a fun mechanic in any game i've played the hitboxes are stupid the fact that there are like six blight towns in this game is stupid uh the movement (laughs) is annoying the stamina bar being so thin is annoying the fall damage is wait, annoying. Wait, 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 wait. Let me just finish the comment. Let me finish. The lockstone traps are annoying. The amount of spiders in uh, Cesladora is annoying. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing the name of that. The poison statues in Black Gulch are annoying. The amount of sorcerers in Shrine of Amana is annoying. The fact that you have to fight three bosses in a row at the end is annoying. The acid pits that break your equipment are annoying. The pursuer is a cool, but also annoying. Overall, great game, 8, 5 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) I just imagine him just, like, having a notebook out. And, like, at the top, it (laughs) says annoying in all caps and underline. And then underneath, it's just, like, every, like, as he progressed through the game, he just added. Every slight. Yeah. Um, Not bad. The stamina bar being too skinny. Does that mean, like, like, it just, like, not that it was wasn't long enough but i mean like it's it's hard visually yeah it's it's it is thin enough to where it it is difficult to at a peripheral glance delineate what is where you are at and i i can see that i can see that as a criticism it's like the the particular shade of green it is in addition to the 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 wit that it is yeah totally and and that's that's why i really like this comment uh, especially when it comes to my thing that's just like kind of general frustrations is that there's nothing in this comment, even though it comes off as negative, complainy, blah, blah, blah. Every part of this I agree with. Every single point I agree with. So, But at the same time, even at the very end, when, when they go, great game, at 8.5 out of 10, I think I agree with that too. I really like this game. I'd still put it at a nine. <laughs> I, I might put it slightly higher, but but I mean, like it's still like it, it's, you know, it's a great. This Dark is what Souls I'm saying. Game. Yeah, despite having twelve sentences of hate and finding so much of this game annoying, in which it is, it's still something to say that there's enough good in it uh, that I wanted to beat it. I wanted to beat every part of it. I wanted to go into the DLC and beat it, like. You know, I I played a lot of this game and I didn't have to. And I think that speaks volumes to the game is that even with all these negatives, we're we're sitting here talking about it for how many hours? And, totally. and <laughs> you know, um, I, I very, very, very well summed up by Nubby. And uh, that's kind of my whole that's that wrapped up in a in a nice bow is my third 
hate on this but list. with teeth yeah <laughs> kind of mimic bow <laughs> kind of took the win out of the sales of my final hate but it, it was oh, no. the very specific uh poison and petrify statues uh mm. trying to run like especially when i was doing the rotten over and over again and running through that area and then just them just being like and like just stunning me and like making me stagger having little tiny like like they're spitting at you a statue is spitting at me and i'm staggering for three seconds like what you didn't (laughs) get shot in the eye with like statue spit I know, but then like my my character does like this Scooby Doo, whoa 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 whoa, like like about to fall over, like I, it's just and it gets worse in uh in one of the DLC areas, and like then they decide to put them on stupid turtles so they can follow you around. It's just you know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, nine oh, yeah. out of ten, great game. <laughs> well, it. <laughs> As a, as a rebuttal to that, I just smashed the statues on my route to the rotten. Yeah, I never had to deal with that issue. <laughs> but like, I can see if you're just trying to speed through, totally. I, I just smacked the statues. Yeah, that's what I did too. But it's still I agreed. Think, oh yeah, it's it's rough. I think it's yeah. worse in um, the gutter. I think mm, it's way, when, way more when they're tougher to see. Exactly. Yeah. When it's pitch black and you if you don't think to use your torch to light the the braziers, uh, it, it's rough. And that was where I had the most issue with it. And especially my first time through. Yeah, I hated those statues. Um, but what it definitely didn't impede my uh, my enjoyment of that area as much. But yeah, it's it's a totally fair criticism. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, who I, I got confused. Uh, who's who's next on the uh, the agenda here for their hates? I think it's Adam. Oh no that that was that mine. Was the his. poison statues. Oh that oh the poison so, statues. I apologize. Yeah. It yes. remains to me. Oh boy, end this with a bang here. Uh, so it's I'd been. Is it bang worthy? <laughs> I, I mean. <laughs> there might be an explosion hidden underneath the the text possibly oh, uh no but like it, it isn't it isn't far off from your like point of general frustration and antagonism that this game has um and i i feel like nubby's comment it, like perfectly distills that to like this shit just sucks and i've been torn between these last two and i will i will state that before i get to my last one the point of agility and uh, adaptability is absolutely i feel like tied to the overabundance of things there are too many goddamn stats there's a lot of stats there are too many stats they tripled down on stats. You, like, enough that, that I didn't touch, like, or, or not, not that I even touched them. I didn't even know what some of them did in my first two playthroughs of this game. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you, unless you spend the time to read and parse the arcane nature of those hints of what agility does when you go over to the highlighted stat screen of going down to adaptability and seeing what it impacts, 
Like if you're being that nuanced in the 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 parsing out what those things are, which is definitely way easier to do on PC because you can just highlight it. Mm. Um, but it just gives you a, when tied to agility, which is not as bad um, being a, a magic user because both adaptability and attunement raise uh, your agility. Uh, but the the clue that is so esoteric and vague as to like it improves like increases the speed at which you use items that's a hint that maybe your estus flask is tied to that but unless you do the research you're not gonna know so that's why like that's kind of more tied into my overabundance and i just wanted to like echo that what nubby said totally but rounding it out as i've said probably a dozen times i fucking hate the path to the iron through the iron passage to the blue smelter demon and the path to Siralon in the burn tower i hate that path those paths in particular those paths prevented me from finishing any other dlc Mm. i participated in one of them with uh shuva or shulva like and went through most of that but it got to a certain point where I was just fatigued. I was worn down by the Iron Passage. The reason being, just to just to paint you a picture of pain, <laughs> is so you have this bonfire. From this bonfire are two paths. The path to the right is a is a drop down. Or sorry, no, you go and you drop down and then there are these statues and you go ahead forward and then there's this lever mechanism. You pull the lever and you see a gate rise. From those gates emerge, what, four, five of some of the most accurate far leaping assholes with double axes and swords with hitboxes that are immeasurable by human eyes. Like, <laughs> depending you, on which limb is sticking out where and which axe is sticking where, it's just impossible to tell where they're going They're gangly and difficult to hit. Mm-hmm. But, so, that's fine. You can deal with them. Sure, it's a gank fest, but, like, if you dance around it well enough, you can kind of outsmart it. It's not the end of the world. But, the only reason why you would ever pull that lever is to raise that gate. And what's on the other side of that fucking gate? A fireball breathing trap asshole. And what's made it worse is that the the gate drops after five seconds. And that's yeah. the fast path. And it it should also be noted that it's, at least in my experience, it's not as though, like, rolling. No. Or, you know, taking a dodge roll, like, your hitbox is smaller so you can get under a closing gate. Like, no. no. As soon as it passes your forehead, it is un... Even though it takes an extra three seconds to drop to the ground, it is inaccessible from that point forward. Uh, so you have to get there very fast. It triggers on the hitch. Yes. Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. The path I, to the I never, never took that route. I don't know if I yeah. ever pulled any lever. 
yeah, yeah. so that's that's what i'm saying is you like just, you just went to the left and dropped down the you hole you went to and... the other path of pain that i will get to <laughs> yeah if you so, go to the right like where all the wizards are up on the ledges and whatnot yeah you can fight them head to head and find where they are if you take this path we're talking about right but you have to do that lever trick so twice, so yes so yes so yes continuing it's with this absurd with, with this uh, this pain path you <laughs> narrowly evade the gate that closes and would hit where your head would be if you were standing straight up at optimal height on your tippy toes because the hit the the gate threshold is below where those bars actually are i've tested it it sucks because I've been mm-hmm. caught on it on the second time innumerable times. Yeah. Because you can go through that for if you get through that first gate, you go down. There's that first cleric asshole that you that it's awful and is it's, it's a great enemy uh, design, but it is like in conjunction with everything else that's going on elsewhere that we'll get to. That is awful. But yeah. so you deal with him. Continue on. There's another lever, but a, a magically appearing sorcerer shows up right behind you as you go for that lever. Okay, fool me once. Deal with them. Not too hard. An even worse trap triggers with the same amount of enemies as the first one. If and not what, one more. It, not potentially positive. one more. There I, might be I one couldn't more on that say over one. the rage that had filled my eyes. <laughs> But but uh-huh. you you it seems like the gate drops even faster or that the enemies pop out in such a way to completely negate the path that you're trying to go through and trying to serpentine your way in between them is the fireball that's constantly blowing. Now, let's say by some ungodly miracle, you get past that you're up on up on high where that one ghost archer dude is yes easy enough to deal with you like solo not a problem he's just another fairly buff enemy cool drop down go to your fog gate and deal with the boss whatever assuming you get there quick enough to not get hit by the giant fire golem because with the fog gates in this game unless you're actively passing through it you can be hit at any point and knocked out of the animation. It sucks. Mm-hmm. So that's path one. <laughs> the worst path. That's the easy one. That's the easy path. <laughs> the worst path is to the left. And you continue to punch one way tickets downward because you cannot get back up. So you're making commitments every single step of going downward. And what do you find down there? But numerous of those soldiers around corners, some specifically where you're dropping or just outside the threshold for you to be able to drop down and smack them. Yeah. Then there are two casters that you cannot access at all unless you're a caster, but one of them silences you. And then the other, and then they both continue to just cast miracles while you're being bombarded with like five of these soldiers in a row. 
and then you somehow by the mercy of god manage that you continue into the next room and then there's more of the same shit but but this time you don't have one of those shadowy sorcerer people that disappears and appears to to gank you sometimes you have a shadow archer and the way that this is designed is you've punched a one-way ticket that is within line of sight of that archer so he can always hit you so if you clear out everyone else he can always take a shot at you so you're always dodging it's so, truly so devious because you think you awful. have this little crook that you can hide in how many times did you guys die on this path a lot at least 20 I, I cleared out 20. the path of the soldiers, so yeah, probably in the fifteen twenty range. It's but three th- attempts to beat Blue Smelter. You're a madman. So the thing <laughs> is, I probably it took me inactively fighting Blue Smelter when I got to him. My third attempt, I nailed him. Totally fine. I, th- I think I died once right before the fog gate, and then I died once to Blue Smelter, and then I beat. I him died. <laughs> I died probably five times uh, at the fog gate. Uh, because that demon dude, uh, because uh, after about five, six times of trying to clear these out systematically and just getting bullshit hit enough times, I was like, OK, I'm just going to beeline it through this path. It seems like the better path to just book it through. No, no, <laughs> because there are enemies placed in certain like I have eventually found the exact path I had to dodge, dip, duck, dive and dodge through. <laughs> to get to the fog gate with enough time to spare that I didn't get hit by that fire golem. But this is just like one instance. I'm not going to go spend a whole diatribe of how bad it is on Suralon. It's not as bad, but it is pretty, pretty fucking bad. Mm. Uh, but this is just indicative of like, to me, the, the prime example of bullshit level design in being different there's a difference between there's a fine line like you said Bob. there's a fine line between being difficult and being bullshit and i never really ever feel that like i have that as much in these games like i usually can find a way to deal with them in some capacity um this feels like genuine horseshit (laughs) and you can't like it it, there's and oh the, the final thing I'll say is I also tried summoning just general NPCs, uh, the NPCs that you can summon in that area to try to. Oh, yeah. You can get up to two, I believe, just two other ones. Yeah. Regular old NPCs. Yeah. They don't know how to heal themselves. Mm-hmm. And they're useless. Yeah. And I'd have them die multiple times. So I was just burning human effigies at that point. Because even no, if you no... get to um, the blue smelter demon with the, with them, even if you... Uh, you know use them to to help you clear out those chambers uh you're lucky if they make it you're you're a lucky if they make it and then b blue smelter demon is gets what increased health or increased Mm -hmm. defense from every summon that you do making that fight even tougher yep um yeah i the only way i could beat him was without summoning because that took me about five or six deaths to the blue smelter demon to realize like these guys are hurting more than they're helping exactly and um, so as and one of the common sentiments i've heard about these areas like they were quote-unquote multiplayer designed areas cool 
but okay so i have to summon a friend well you notice like so one of the things about the those side dlc areas like the cave of the dead iron passage and uh uh reindeer uh hell land um i I Uh, censored myself a tiny bit um (laughs) (laughs) is that uh you might like so you can get summoned to those areas if you didn't have the dlc that was something they had in the uh game yeah so i don't know if you i don't know if you remember um but before you go to the dlc areas like before you have whatever key you need to open the door to progress further um, like mm-hmm. there's three items you need to progress, but there's those areas where there's like gravestones or whatever. You can put your summon sign down there and uh, it appears in that area before each of the side DLC areas. Like you see those same gravestones and statues again in that same spot. That's where those summon signs go. That was a way oh, for them to kind of make it more multiplayer oriented because people who didn't even have the DLC or access it to it at that point could still get summoned in there. And that's, that's a really cool concept. I oh, think it sucks. I was, I was, well, yeah. Oh no, no, for sure. For sure. Like I, I love the, the conceit that, that the intention that that has, it is so badly executed and it just feels like bullshit. Um, because basically the only way you can succeed through that area is if you have, multiple people working together essentially on mic or can have dealt with the bullshit enough to know okay one person has to stand literally right beside the gate or two people by the gate one has to pull the lever so then the other two immediately book it through that gate to get to the next lever so then you have one person continuing on the left by themselves so then you have at the next lever you have two people one of which who is at the lever the other is at the gate that person pulls lever repeats that's a cool concept but it isn't done very well it isn't communicated very well and it isn't fun to do mm-hmm. and it requires like specifically having let's say the three of us to sit down coordinate but we're hindered by the fact that we all have different soul memory levels so we can't coordinate like that and so we're hindered yet again. And that's like the, that design that is just so mean and mean spirited that I think is like a detriment to this game. Because if it weren't for that, if it was slightly more manageable, I wouldn't have like been so burnt out toward the, the last week of the month just trying to do this. Because I then later on went to do another DLC area and I had a much better time. It still had its bullshit. But like it still felt fun. It was a death trap dungeon. I like I love Sense Fortress. It felt like Sense Fortress. <laughs> but I was just like, all right, at, at this point, like I don't even care. Like I this player this place was fun. I'll end here and go go back sometime down the line. But it was just such a, a detriment to the the overall impression that I have. Like because I still love, 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 love Dark Souls 2. But that really soured me this time through. Yeah, and I I think that's totally fair. Like, I I didn't even have as much of a trouble with this chamber as I did with Blue Smelter Demon in general. Mm. Um, But everything you're saying about it is is correct. Like, it is very frustrating for not a whole lot of reason 
and uh it's 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 exactly what you said it's it's you know someone from the dark souls one team hearing the criticism of one or hearing what people love about one and slightly misinterpreting it to the point where they made it just too frustrating and not an enjoyable um mountain to overcome it's like the intercom cut out when he was about to say more fun and they just said <laughs> more yeah yeah and and that's and that's exactly what it is but nine out of ten love this game <laughs> <laughs> isn't that crazy that even uh-huh. after all this oh yeah uh that uh i love it but hey is that our is that our loves and hates in the in the old book yeah yeah, another chapter. We love it. Set on fire. Days of our lives, <laughs> like, like the hourglass through an hourglass with sand <laughs> in it turned the, around. These are the darks of our souls. You're the darks wrong. of our dives. Eh, well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> welcome. I'm. I like. I like. Well, what sounds better? The hottest. Welcome to the hottest dark dive cast, or Welcome to the Divis Pod Dark Cast. <laughs> That's the first one. Yeah, the first one. It's just gibberish. Gavlan Wheel. Gavlan Deal. Gavlan Wheel. Gavlan Deal. Gavlan wants soul. Gavlan wants soul. Gavlan wants soul. Gavlan wants soul. Gavlan will. Gavlan deal. Gavlan will. Gavlan deal. Gavlan wants soul. Gavlan wants soul. Gavlan wants soul. Gavlan wants soul. You will. What the heck was that? Adam, did your smoke detector go off? What was that? <laughs> did you sit no. on a duck? <laughs> but yeah, just... just. Oh, God. <laughs> he found soundboard War apps. of the world. Oh, no. It's War of the world. <laughs>
A fate worse than death. Oh no, I got an ad. I got an ad. <laughs> I got an ad for cat game. <laughs> oh, good God.